we get a 3-2 overtime win against Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals at Climate Pledge Arena. Game winner goes to Maddie Beneers. You got to think this kid is going to be Rookie of the Month at some point, right? Either way. We know who we have for Calder. We're going to talk about that game and then talk about another prospect in an exclusive interview with Locked on Kraken. That's what's coming up on your Friday edition. Hang tight. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Happy Friday, Seattle hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken, part of the Locked on Sports Network. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Kraken, if not your first listen of the day, part of your daily routine. I've seen some of you with your Spotify wrapped lists. I've seen that Locked on Kraken is it has been in your top three. I am so grateful that you spend some time talking about this fantastic hockey team or I guess you hear me talk about this fantastic hockey team I unfortunately you know missed this exciting game I fell asleep early but I don't regret watching it this morning on replay the Seattle Kraken get a fantastic 3-2 overtime win against the Washington Capitals. We knew that Alex Ovechkin was going to be a storyline coming in. He did get on the board uh, with an assist, but he did not get anything by our netminder for this game, Philip Grubauer. Knows a thing or two about Ovechkin and Washington, and I mentioned it in the quick um, post-game reactions that you might have seen on Locked on NHL Game to Game. But Gruby did let up two early goals, um, but was able to get back on track, made some big saves down the line, in particular one going in to the third period. But let's hear from Philip Grubauer after this 3-2 overtime win. And then, of course, we'll talk about the overtime game-winning goal scorer, Maddie Beneers. First, first period was a little bit tough. I think two goals on three or four shots there. Um, it's not how we want to start things off, but uh, second period went well. And that's, I think, a period I needed personally uh, for myself to get back into this. Um, Vegas was good to win, but I didn't feel like I had like a period where uh, there were like too many shots or too many saves. So second period was uh, was nice. Uh, they shot a couple pucks, but um, yeah, we battled back and it's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they made a nice play. Um, obviously, a timely save. If that goes in, it's 3 nothing going into the second period. It might be game over. So, yeah, uh, for sure. So, for Philip Grubauer to come back healthy, for him to see that there's another netminder that can really keep pace with how Seattle wants to play, I think all of that has factored in to why we're seeing the goaltending performances that we are. Now, granted, you're not going to win them all, and they're not going to all look pretty. Hello, we all saw what happened in Los Angeles. 
But there are some things that I really liked about this game. We're going, of course, to Allison Lucan and her post-game analysis. Let's go. I got it here for you. Just make this bigger for you. I mentioned it before, but Philip Grubauer in his last start wasn't a quality start. He did not save the game. But this is what Allison Lucan had in her immediate post-game analysis. Quote, Philip Grubauer saved almost one whole goal more than expected and earned his first quality start of the season. So Philip Grubauer being on track, Philip Grubauer being locked in is exactly what the Seattle Kraken need. I do feel that what we've noticed from Philip Grubauer is that he does have a little bit of a slow start. That being said, Martin Jones got scored on in 16 seconds. So not all of that is neither on Grubauer nor on Jones. So we'll have to see again. We need more repetitions to be able to compare air quotes, these two goalies. What we do know, what Dave Haxtell has said, and what we've said here on Locked on Kraken is regardless, if this is a team that again, according to Allison Lucan, we talked about it earlier in the week, is on pace to be a playoff contender this season, you're going to need good goaltending. And we're going to run into streaks. We're going to have ebbs and flows. <laughs> we're going to have ebbs and flows in a season that's very natural. And so we're going to need both goaltenders. So to see Philip Grubauer get a quality start, you like to see it. Another thing that I really liked about this game is that the Seattle Kraken really tightened up the defense. They only allowed three rush chances. Uh, so that means that we were fronting, we were in front, we were managing and commanding and demanding control. Um, and I like to see that. I did not like the lack of defense just in general in that game from L uh, in LA, but I like to see that, again, the Seattle Kraken can focus on the defense. <laughs> there was a really fun play where uh, Larson kind of stretched out. Um, you know, I think he's got slow feet. And it was a nice play where he goes down to the ice, but even him outstretching his leg. I think I saw someone tweet, like, paint me like one of your French women. You know, um, he's so... Uh, it, it uh, I just wish he moved a little faster, but it was a really funny moment. And what I noticed after that, if you look at, and I'll put a link in the show notes, if you look at that play immediately after, uh, Philip Grubauer gives Larson a little pat. Now, was he, you know, it was it in jest or was he actually excited that, you know, he laid the body out to make a block? I'm not sure. I couldn't read from, uh, from the, the stream, but, uh, I, I like that the Seattle Kraken washed away that LA game. You heard a lot of the players. So, um, Schwartz was, spoke about it after the game. Obviously Dave Haxtell spoke about it after the game. Um, and by the numbers, according to Allison Lucan, the Seattle Kraken also were able to dictate pace. Now they gave up the two goals early, but they won all three periods uh, in shot volume and shot quality. Allison Lucan 
rights. So those are things that even if the goals aren't going in, those are the things that you want to see. And actually, that's what Dave Haxtell talked about after the game. What are you telling your team when this when you when the puck hits the post? What are you telling your team after LA? What are you telling your team? You know, he said in the post game that there were times throughout this game where he wanted the team to shoot a little bit more. And we'll get into what he had to say about Maddie Beneers, but um he wants to make sure that his team is shooting. And he thought that today's or yesterday's game was a really good way to sage away the negativity and the ugly game that was earlier in the week and get back to Seattle Kraken hockey. These are the kinds of games that this team is built to win. And they are winning them. They weren't, they were losing these games. They would find themselves in these games. I would argue that they were mostly self-inflicted wounds, but they didn't win them last year. They didn't have the composure. They didn't have the skill. They didn't have the fight and the determination at times. And they were making mental mistakes. This team knows how to win. These tight games, we're not going to see hope to the high heaven we don't see a 17-goal game be the norm. Things were getting a little bit out of control. We talked about that earlier in the week. But these are the games that this team is going to have to win. And we're doing it, and I love it. But coming up on Locked on Kraken, I do want to talk a little bit about Maddie Veneers, and then I'm going to take you to an exclusive interview with Shane Wright. Now, you might have seen me tweet out, like, why is Shane looking at me sideways? Well, he's going to be looking at you sideways, too. And I'll explain that a little bit more coming up on Don Kraken. Right now, I want to make sure that you know that this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your best place to find everything that you need for sports betting. Of course, we've got the World Cup going on. We've got basketball. uh, We've got football. And of course, the National Hockey League. So at BetOnline, you're going to find the props. You're going to find the odds. And hey, if you like sports podcasts, which of course you do, you're listening to Locked on Kraken. You can find those at BetOnline.net. .net as well. All the props, all the odds, everything that you need. You can use your mobile device, your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got, because Bet Online is where the game starts. As promised on this episode of Locked on Kraken, we're going to get into Matty Beneers because he was awesome, got the game winning goal. But I also got to catch up with our host of Locked on NHL Prospects, Hadi Kalakesh. And we not only talked about Shane Wright, who you'll hear from in a minute, but we talked about Maddie Veneers. And of course, I just doted over Maddie Veneers. If you want to listen to that full episode, head over to Locked on NHL Prospects. That's the show for today. I will put the, sh- the full link in the show notes. But for now, here's a little snippet about what we were talking about about Maddie Veneers, and then you'll hear you'll hear what Dave Haxtell and what Jaden Schwartz had to say about Maddie Veneers. And I I think that again Maddie Veneers could play up and down this lineup, and we would be absolutely fine. But playing with um, McCann, playing with Schwartz, and when he is able to play with Everly as well, I think those players are just 
solid. They are a core for the Seattle Kraken team. And I think it's, if anything, really building up what the Seattle Kraken want Maddie Beniers to be in the future, which is a leader, someone that can impact on the ice. But also, uh, you know, if you ask his teammates, much to their surprise, Maddie Beniers is a talker. He's very comfortable in the group chat. Uh, he's comfortable in the locker room. And so he's he's likable. He's creating relationships with guys that have been in his position before, young rookies with a lot of expectations. So I think it's really not anything that on a day-to-day basis you're seeing impact his game, more so as rounding out who he is as a player and a leader. And that is going to be awesome for him and certainly for the Seattle Kraken. Of course, um, I would say the words to depend to, to, to define his limeys right now are solid, yes, but dependable. Yeah, that's the main thing with Eberly, with McCann, with Schwartz. Those guys are just they're very predictable, and that's very good for I mean, predictable in the sense of you know, when you're on their line, you know, where they're yeah. gonna go, you know, what they're gonna do. And I think that's the yep. best thing for Maddie Beniers right now. Now, in his draft year, the main thing I noticed the biggest asset that Maddie Beniers had even back then was his tenacity was how intense mm. he was on the forecheck, how, how good he was at, at creating multiple waves of pressure on his own. Do you think that's still his strongest asset or has there been something else that stood out since then? No, absolutely. Tenacity is a great way of saying it. You know, I was talking earlier about him being able to win pucks, particularly in that neutral zone, then come in with speed and the tenacity of him, not only to be able, um, again, to be strong on the puck. So he's, you know, withstanding any, um, any defense that's coming to try and check that puck or poke it away, but also the tenacity to, and the intelligence. So it's a, it's a blend of this tenacity, but also this intelligence where he can say, all right, I'm going to stick with this play, even though this the first opportunity didn't open up. Okay. I thought this was going to be another opportunity. You can almost like, uh, see him thinking the game in real time and reacting to what the other team and the defense is giving him. And to your point about the dependability of his line mates, knowing, okay, this is where Schwartz likes uh, the puck. And you, this is what you hear, right? This is what you hear from Yanni Gord, who was interviewed by Ryan S. Clark. This is what you're hearing from Schwartz, from Everly, that, that Maddie Beneers can find them. And so that dependability and him having that um, tenacity to fight through but then also the IQ and the intelligence to know this is where I'm going to connect with Schwartz. I, if I get that puck there, if I fight through, he's going to be there. He's going to be there on the doorstep, and that's a goal for us. That's what I love about Maddie's game. 100%. So you've just, you've just sort of zeroed in on the two things that I love the most about any prospect, the two things I scout for the most, tenacity and intelligence. When those two things combine, you get players like Matty Beniers. Um, but this is going to be it for today's episode. Just remind everyone where they can find you and uh, the Lock on Kraken podcast. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much, Hadi, for having me on. But you can find the Locked on Kraken podcast wherever you find your podcast. And of course, on our YouTube channel, you can find me personally on all social media media channels, excuse me, at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. Perfect. Yeah. And you can find us at LO underscore NHL prospects on Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube as locked on NHL prospects and on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Make sure to like, and subscribe if you like what you've uh, been, been watching on YouTube and make sure to make us your first listen of the day on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Erica Ayala as a guest host. We will see you next time.
Perfect. Well, thank you so much. So I love that Hadi and I, before yesterday's game, we were able to talk about how playing with players like Schwartz, like Eberly, like McCann at times, that has boded well for Matty Beneers. And it's not necessarily that he is um, learning things, and it's not that he's not learning things from them, but he is at ease with their game because of the things that he's able to do. He's able to win pucks. And I want you to hear what Dave Haxtell had to say about this. It took seven seconds for Matty Beneers to score after winning a faceoff. Burakovsky then bodying up. You know, I talk about bodying up all the time. It was a beautiful play, a beautiful just uh, hustle effort wanting to win a 50-50 puck between Beneers and Burakovsky, which led to a goal seven seconds into the game. So let's first hear from Dave Haxtell about that play off of the faceoff in overtime. Dave Swartz said he actually might have been taking a drink of water when Maddie was getting the breakaway. What, what was going through your mind when you, when you saw that? Just shoot it in the net. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, hey, it's... Uh... Those two guys, they did a great job, right? Creating that loose puck, and it's a it's a 50-50 puck, and those are I don't care if it's overtime or uh, you know three on three or five on five in the middle of the game. It comes down to little battles like that, right? It's it's all about your your battle level and your your 50-50 puck wins. And they created that you know that is you know a 50-50 bouncing puck. We won that. Um, me and Berkey did a good job, and. You know, Matty, Matty had some good opportunities tonight. And, you know, he finished that one at the right time. And Dave Haxtell ending that clip saying, hey, that's what he wants. Tomatoes, potatoes. No, just kidding. That's what he wants at all times. That's what he wants his team to do. And that's what Matty Beneers gives you. If you go over to Locked on NHL Prospects, you'll hear that Hadi is asking me, hey, was Matty Beneers in a slump? Like, what happened? He didn't have points, and now all of a sudden he's on a tear. And my response was, okay, so he wasn't making the score sheet, but number one, we had gotten spoiled by what Matty Beneers could produce. But number two, he was producing offense for the Seattle Kraken, even if he wasn't the one getting the assist. He was doing that by his hustle, by his grit, by his grind. He's a very disciplined hockey player. He is a very smart hockey player. And he is a very skilled hockey player. And combining that with players that are solid, that are stable, like Schwartz, like Eberly, like McCann, you know, and again, any combo. But I also said because of how Beneers plays, we could have him. I really do believe we could have him on any line and he would still make an impact. But don't take my word for it. Here's what Schwartz had to say about Maddie Beneers. You saw Maddie uh, win that face-off in overtime. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that before. It, uh, it happened quick. I think someone lost their stick, and um, it happened so fast that, uh, yeah, I think I was grabbing water, actually. I looked up <laughs> he was on a breakaway, so it happened fast. But um, they were hungry off the face-off. We were ready, and um, you know, super happy for him. That was a good finish. What does it say about him that it seems like as young as he is, when he gets an opportunity like that, he's not missing it either? Yeah, uh, you know, Maddie's been been awesome for us. He's he's a hardworking kid. Um, takes a lot in, you know. Learn, learns from other learns from other guys, and um, you know, he's hungry to win. He's hungry to score goals, and um, 
you know, it's nice, nice, nice to have that and um, definitely brings a, a spark to our team and, um, you know, excitement for us and excitement for the fans too. Hey, you already know I'm obsessed with Maddie Beneers. Uh, that's an extremely strong and exaggerated account of things. I adore him. I do think he is a stand-up young man, and he is a damn good hockey player, and I'm glad he's on the Seattle Kraken. We're going to have more about Maddie Beneers on Monday's episode, so come back. You'll hear from Hadi. Uh, you'll hear a little bit more from me and we'll go over some of Baneer's numbers. Um, and we'll see because we have a game, we have a game day tomorrow and, um, we'll see what Maddie's able to do. So we'll talk a little bit more about Baneer's, but right now I have a special interview. I'm going to take you over to my conversation with Shane Wright. Now this will be almost in its entirety, not completely, um, but I do want you to hear from Shane Wright, particularly regarding what the next couple of games for him are going to look like. His conditional loan ends after this weekend. The Coachella Valley Firebirds play two games over the weekend, and then that's it. Five games, 14 days. That's all he got for his conditional loan in the AHL. And then Coming up later on the show, you'll hear from Hottie talking about what he thinks should happen with Shane Wright now that he's all out of time in the AHL. Can he crack the Seattle Kraken roster? Let's talk about it. But first, let's take you to my interview with Shane Wright. Oh, and I forgot, I mentioned about the tilting. You'll see that Shane Wright um, entered our conversation on, I believe it was a cell phone. So the first few seconds, it's tilted. In editing, we fixed it, uh, and then you'll well, you'll see uh, if you watch the full episode. Uh, you know, anyway, just something to be mindful of if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, then don't worry about it. <laughs> Enjoy this snippet from my conversation with Shane Wright. Um, so very eager to talk with you. Figured we'd start here, and this is a open-ended question. You take it where you want, but uh, you got drafted to the NHL. What's it been like since the draft? <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, it was a dream come true with that happening at the start, and then uh, you'll be able to come to Seattle, and um, there'll be a training camp around the guys, and then uh, obviously you'll get preseason game action, and uh, you'll finally right to the season game action. Um, you know, obviously a dream come true, something that, you know, I've been dreaming my whole life and working towards my whole life. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of, you know, adjusting to the, the pro kind of lifestyle is a little different than what I'm used to, um, you know, last year in the OHL, but, uh, it's been a lot of fun and definitely, uh, uh some great memories so far. Able to, to, you know, record some goals in those games. Is there anything that you think that you can take from the AHL, which will help as you move forward to going back with Seattle, um, or, uh, you know, even with, uh, the, the team Canada, if you end up going to world juniors. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just kind of bringing back that confidence, uh, that confidence that, you know, I belong at that level, I can play at that level, and, uh, you know, confidence in myself and my abilities, um, you know, kind of you know, just kind of be confident the puck, make plays, uh, but also, you know, know that and, and trust that I belong there and I belong in that league, and um, I know that I can make a difference and, and you know, be a good player. Yeah, for sure. And I mentioned World Juniors. Do you have a sense uh, yet what what the plan is there, either between Hockey Canada or conversations with Seattle? Uh, you know, what's what's the the gauge right now of whether you'll be able to compete at World Juniors? Uh, I'm not sure yet uh, what what kind of the plan is. Um, as of right now, we uh, just trying to take it 
Can you see me? Yeah, I can still see you. You're good. That's perfect, actually, for so me. There's a call. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah, just don't know uh, exactly what's happening at World Juniors um, or what the plan is. Kind of, um, you know, playing the next couple of games here uh, with Coachella and then um, head back to, down to Seattle and then, um, you know, we'll make a decision then. But um, I think it's something that, uh, you know, we'll decide the future date. Thank you, as always, for listening to Locked on Kraken and making us a part of your daily routine. Again, I am Erica L. Ayala. In that last portion of segment two, you heard a piece of my interview with Shane Wright. If you want to watch the whole thing and see the little wonky uh, situation on video, head over to Locked on Kraken on YouTube, where you can watch the whole thing in its entirety. Now, Shane Wright, he talks a little bit about uh, sometimes uh, Akersher being having to get used to it because it's new and sometimes the alarm goes off. Now, the fire alarm did not go off, but you do hear a lot of echoes. So just know that, you know, he was uh, on a cell phone and again, you know, in in a pretty uh, hollow area. So there's a lot of bounce and and boom. Uh, But we did get to talk about Shane. uh, uh, We did get to talk about, excuse me, him coming to the AHL, what he's been working on there. We talked about, will he go to world juniors and then some fun stuff here and there. Um, And coming up next on Locked on Kraken, I'm going to take you to my conversation with Hadi. So Hadi joined me on Locked on Kraken. I also joined him on Locked on NHL Prospects. Um, But for Locked on Kraken, we talked about Shane Wright, what we've seen from his game, and what we'll need to see from his game if Shane Wright is going to stay with the Seattle Kraken. You'll hear in this conversation um, that, and also this will be available in its entirety on the YouTube channel. So you'll hear in this conversation that Ron Francis made some comments about Shane Wright and some of what he called self-inflicted low minutes because he was taking short shifts. And so I asked Hadi about that and a few other things, of course, including, do we think Shane Wright will suit up on Tuesday as the Montreal Canadiens come into Climate Pledge Arena. We have thoughts. Stay tuned. That's what's coming up right now on Locked on Kraken. Wanted to bring you on to get your thoughts on what we can realistically make of Shane's stint in the AHL. Hadi, from what you've seen, is the hype real on Shane Wright? Well, he, he's doing a lot of what he used to do at the pro at the at the OHL level, which is, you know, get into spots um, using his smarts and using his tools to finish off. So he scored four goals in three games so far. I managed to catch the one game against uh, the Calgary Wranglers in the AHL where he scored two goals. And what was very apparent is that this is a this is a, a player who plays a pro game already. His advanced understanding of positioning, his understanding of where to be in order to capitalize on chances. Um, you know, he, he's very reactive, very smart. Um, and, and that sort of plays in his favor and makes him such a good goal scorer. If it was just for the shot alone, there are prospects out there with better shots who won't be able to score as many goals as Shane Wright. It's what, what makes his game tick is the smarts. And I think his, his three games since so far in the AHL, has been more than than revelatory in terms of that. It's been more than obvious in his case. Um, now, the, the the thing is, I don't see much improvement since his draft year in the OHL. So nothing really has changed in terms of his game. Nothing has been added. I don't see an extra gear of pace or anything like that. But 
overall, he's managed to take what he does well at the at the junior level and translate it to the to the pro level extremely well. And I think that's what was expected of him heading into this year. Um, I'm really hoping that coming back from the stint, uh, you know, heading back to the Kraken, he's going to get you know a, a, his fair share of of chances on the power play and and maybe on the third or second line to sort of push his production further and see what he does with some confidence. Um, that's the one, but what, what I got on Shane Wright so far. He, a lot more benefit in him going, you know, to the World Juniors and playing as our top center, you know, 20, 25 minutes game. That's going to do a lot more for his development than, than what's going on right now. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I forgot. I have one more question for you. you sure? Is it worth all of the hype to put him up against Montreal? Um, is that a storyline that's even worth it? Do you think it's something that the Seattle Kraken, quite honestly, are even considering? Or do you think they just get him into the lineup, regardless of opponent, as soon as possible after his AHL stint? Uh, I, I think I think that throwing him to the Wolves like that in Montreal, you know, especially if he's going to be playing on the fourth line the same night that, you know, Yura Selfkovsky is working his way up the lineup right now. He's practicing with the third line on the Canadians. Just the storyline surrounding that, I don't think they really want to expose him to that much pressure. But, you know, I, th- I think the Kraken might just be looking to get him some games, and that's really where their, their thought process ends. You know, I'm not in their heads. I can't sort of rationalize. But for me, you know, if it was up to me, I would probably find a way for him not to play that game specifically because, you know, he's already feeling that 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 hurt from going from first overall guaranteed to fourth overall in the draft, you know, due to that team not picking him. If the you know the New Jersey Devils were not looking for a center, that's that was for sure. And the Arizona Coyotes were were set on Logan Cooley. So the main the only real reason that he dropped in the draft is because the Habs opted for Slavkovsky instead of Wright. So throwing them into throwing him into that game against those the, the same team that you know rejected him at the draft would be something that might not help him mentally might not help him developmentally especially if he's going to be playing on a fourth line I think the best thing for his game um, would be to sort of hold him off until he goes to world juniors and reevaluate from there so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hadi. He and I are of the same opinion when it comes to Shane Wright and what's going to happen for Tuesday probably not the right time on a multiple of levels, there's already going to be drama. Let the drama fall on the shoulders of Ron and Dave and not on Shane Wright, particularly because of what we said seemed to be the biggest reason that he went to the AHL. So again, if you want to listen to that full conversation, check it out on the YouTube page, Locked on Kraken. And while you're there, subscribe, make some comments, like the video, spread the good word and the good gospel of what we're doing here on Locked on Kraken. That's all for this Friday episode. I told you already, listen to my whole, my full conversation with Hadi. He has that on his show today, Locked on NHL Prospects. We'll talk a little bit more with Hadi on Monday, not just about Shane Wright, a little bit more on Shane Wright, of course, but also Maddie Veneers. Yes, that's right. Maddie Monday. Maybe we should make that a thing. Should we make it a thing? We're going to talk about Maddie Mondays. Now, Maddie Veneers did make some history. And before we close, actually, the show, I do want to go over this. We're going to do it with Hadi Kalakesh of Locked on NHL Prospects. As always, thank you for listening to Locked on Kraken and making us a part of your daily listen. Listen to Locked on NHL Prospects. And, of course, listen to Locked on Sports Today. 
everything that you need to know from around the sports, everything that you need to know from around the sports world in only the way that Locked On can bring it. So check out Locked On Sports today. Go listen to Locked On NHL Prospects, and we will see you for Maddie Monday. Hold fast, stay true, and tomorrow we get to shout, let's go Kraken, keep the streak alive. I'll see you on Monday.